Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. You know, we call it Beach Sunday because we'll go to the beach and we're going to have some baptisms, but it's the perfect opportunity for me to talk a little bit about uh, the creation of water. <laughs> There's actually a theology of water. You're like, that sounds uh, nerdy. It is. Okay, just bear with me. Do you know that, that water is fantastic? Like, how many of y'all look forward to the summer? You remember as a kid, you just couldn't wait until the water, uh, until till the sun would heat up the pool just enough to get in there. In fact, most don't wait. Like, my kids, they'll jump up into the pool even when you're like, it's way too cold. It's not ready. They're like, we don't care. It's going to be awesome. They jump in. They're like, I need to get out. It's just like, who listens to daddy? Nobody. Nobody. Because... because there's something fun about being in the water. There's something fun about being in the ocean. But isn't there something fierce about the water as well? You ever been tossed by the waves before and felt the power of the waves? Or you ever jumped into the pool? I had an older, I have an older brother. And we used to get in there and wrestle all the time. As a younger brother, I was always trying to prove my might. And so, you know, when you start getting into them, them, them boy wrestle matches, and if you're a younger sibling or, or maybe the person you're wrestling with, like a friend, you know they outmuscle you a little bit, and yet you do it anyway, and it's kind of like fun, crazy, fierce all at the same time. It's like they will drown me. It's on. <laughs> like, let's go. You know, and then they hold you down way too long, and you come up. <coughs> Mama's like, can they breathe? I'm like, I'm all good. Let's keep going. I had you, boy. And they're like, you didn't have me. <laughs> I had you underwater the last two minutes, right? There's something powerful about water. There's something fun about water. And um, it, I think we can learn some things from water. In fact, I'll teach you five things that I believe we can learn from water. But the overarching theme to all of these is this, that water has no problem being under the authority of God. <laughs> Everything I'm going to teach you today will, will, will be uh, under the th overarching theme that water has no problem being under the authority of God. We live in the land of America where we love to stand up for our rights and our freedom. I have a voice too. That's cool. I love that. There, there, there are elements of that that you should exercise and you should live in, but you should never mix up the fact that our land's government is not like our heavenly government. <laughs> in America, we're all about freedom and rights, yet in Christianity, we're all about surrendering our rights. We voluntarily use words like, I have become a slave to Christ, right? It's countercultural oftentimes, and yet under, in the, in the proximity of God, when I realize who God is, I voluntarily come underneath. I'm not standing up for my rights anymore. I'm not fighting. I'm not arguing. I'm not, I'm not rioting against the glory of God. I come under it. And, and you're going to see just in so many different ways how um, uh, water is simply fine being under the authority of God. Now, you've got to understand authority is big if you're going to understand God. 
It, it, it's, it's crucial if you're going to get faith right. Let me give you an example. Jesus in the Gospels is walking around teaching, and he's trying to share a new kingdom. And, and he would frequently say things like this, you're very close to the kingdom of God. In other words, you're figuring it out, and you're closer than you've ever been before. And he wants us to get closer. One of those occasions is when he runs into a Roman centurion. This guy has got authority. He's, he's been licensed by the, um, um, the, the, you know, the military uh, command. He, he is over regiments. He has been uh, given, uh, he's been deputized to have power and authority to do certain things by the powers of the land. And yet he has a paralyzed servant who he realizes, this is outside of my pay grade. There is nothing I can do about this. But I hear about Jesus. I hear he can heal people. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, would you, would you speak over my paralyzed servant? Would you speak healing over them? And Jesus says, sure, I'll come to your house. And the Roman centurion says, no need to come, for I am a man under authority. Let me read it to you. He says, all you got to do is just say the word, and my servant will be healed. In other words, if you say it, it's done. Why? Because all these things that I'm addressing are under your authority. And because I understand authority, let me tell you how I understand authority. He says, for I myself am a man under authority. When soldiers are underneath me, see, I tell this one, go, and he goes. <laughs> and I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. In other words, because I am in authority, people respond to what I say. And what he is saying is, I believe you are over and in authority over paralysis. I believe you're over emotional unsettlement. I believe you are over physical handicaps. I believe that you are over the things that we cannot see. I understand authority, and so you don't need to come to my house. Just simply say, go, just like I would to a servant, and I already know it will be done. And then Jesus responds, I have not found anyone in all of Israel with such great, say that next word, faith. Faith, faith. great faith comes with understanding authority especially the spiritual authority of God. And so for the next five, uh, uh, for, the, for the next five points, for the next few minutes, I want to share with you all about this because water is under the authority of God and it obeys him. And because it's under his authority, God uses water to cleanse, to refresh, to replenish, to protect, he uses water to give life and he uses water to give hope. When you're in a desert and you discover water, you discover hope. <laughs> and God does that because water is obedient to him. Don't those all sound like attributes that you and I desire in our own life? To be replenished, to be used to give life. To be used to, to cleanse and refresh. And it sounds like the type of person I want to be to others as well. I think we've got to learn how to be under authority and in obedience to God.
And so let's look how water obeys and what we can learn from that today. Um, And I'm going to move quickly today, so I'm going to encourage you to take out your journals and and take notes. And if you didn't bring a journal and notebook, that's fine. Take out your smart device, open it up to your notes and take that. Or take screenshots of the uh, the screen so that you can study this later. Because I believe that the water is not just there to provide cleansing agent and uh, hydration for you. And I, I believe God... All of creation declares the glory of God. Let's go a little bit further. All right? Number one, let's look at this. Water unites to form floors for God. Water unites to form floors for God. This is what I call unity. Let me, let me tell you a story in the New Testament how Jesus he's got his disciples in a boat and it's in the middle of the night and they get freaked out in the middle of the night all of a sudden Bartholomew goes ah! Philip says you sound like a girl right and, and he's like there's a ghost out there they go they look a little closer and they say that's not a ghost that's Jesus Jesus he's walking on water now one of the natural principles and physics of water is we have all tried to walk on water don't you lie you've done it in your pool recently you're like here it goes ah, i didn't work today right you start trying to walk on floating devices and you're like playing games as kids like look i'm walking on water like jesus even eminem wrote a rap that says i'm walking on water but only when it freezes because i'm faking it I'm trying to act bigger than I actually am. I'm trying to appear like a God, but I don't walk on water. I only walk on it when it freezes. When you study water freezing, it's pretty cool because freezing is when the molecules, meaning all the atoms, all the various individual parts, slow down long enough to bond together. Guys, I think water is trying to teach us something about unity. We have got to slow down our oppositions and our arguments long enough to bond together. Come on. The church, the people, come on. Everywhere we are called to love. And I've been talking about this recently. We have got to learn to unite together. What if the molecules, the water molecules, Jesus like, I'm about to roll up on my disciples. I want to prove a point. Here we go, water. Unite. And they're like, no. They got different thoughts than me. This water molecule comes from the north side. I'm from the south side. I don't even like its doctrine. (laughs) It goes to a different church and denomination than me, and Jesus sinks. No, water says, unite, okay, forms a floor. Jesus walks on. What if all the molecules in the church today united to form a floor of unity that Jesus could walk up on his stage and say, you see, I called my church a rock. And you have got to unite in order for me to walk on a stage instead of sink. Believe me, if Jesus sinks, it's not because of his lack of authority. It's because of our lack of obedience. And if you're like, Pastor Drew, I got friends who don't believe in the church anymore. Or I got people who don't go to church anymore. They've gotten hurt by it before. It wasn't because of the lack of God's goodness. It was because of the lack of our bonding agent as a church. 
we got to be obedient. Sometimes we got to lay our preferences down to unite to one another and say, you know what? I might not like the water molecule next to me, but I'm under the authority of Christ, and God's about to roll up on his stage. So let's unite. Let's unite, church. Come on. What would happen if we could unite and let God roll up on his stage? Number two, waves calm at his command. Many of you are like, Beach Sunday? I knew he was going to go there. I knew he would preach this one. This is a message of peace that we should all have in our hearts. Matthew 8, 26 tells of Jesus that um, they, the disciples were in a stormy, raging uh, 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 um downpour and they thought they were going to lose their life listen when fishermen start freaking out when professional fishermen start freaking out you should start freaking out <laughs> you know they've been through some storms before you know they've seen some potentially capsizing waves before and now bartholomew's at it again ah! <laughs> philip's like the second time chill out the bible says jesus is in the boat with his head on a pillow Taking a nap. What kind of fisherman brings his pillow on his kayak? The audacity of Jesus. He's kind of like, y'all bothered? I'm going to get me a nice little nap. Wake me up if you need me. And they're like, Philip's like, ah! We need you! And it says, then he got up from his nap. <laughs> And rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. This speaks to the peace we need that comes from knowing who God is and knowing that God is in my boat. Listen, if water hears Jesus go, peace, be still, and it goes, okay. Then why do you and I go, ah, and he says, peace, be still. And we go, but you don't understand. <laughs> if you knew my circumstances, I can't let this calm down. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and my circumstances aren't changing. Oh, if you could only tell. Peace. All that rage, all that, all that turmoil, all that stress, all that anxiety. I know it's hard to lay it down, but if we could learn the lesson from the water that goes, ah, and then he says, hush, and he goes, okay. What could we learn from that? Doesn't your soul long for that? You're like, Pastor, if only I could, it could be that simple. I understand for most of us, this doesn't happen overnight. It happens when we pray, and the Bible says, cast all your anxieties upon the Lord. And when you pray, it seems like the, the storm goes from a level five to a, maybe a level three. Didn't quite go away, but it did start bringing peace. And I want to tell you something. When you understand the authority of God even more, it starts to become a lower and lower number. He carried his disciples through the storm. I feel like I'm going through a storm. Everything still feels like it's storming on the outside, but on the inside, I'm learning to find peace. I'm going to be still and know that he's in control. That God is, that Jesus is Lord. When he speaks, peace be still to our hearts. Do we heed as the waters do? Let's teach our souls that if the waters listen, I too am going to do my very best to listen. Come on. Number three, 
The seas part at his command. (laughs) This speaks to the providence of God. That he will ordain my steps. That he will never leave me and never forsake me. Four times I can recall in the Old Testament that God literally parted the waters and did a supernatural thing for his people. He did it for Moses. He did it for Joshua. He did it for Elijah. He did it for Elisha. Four times people of God who followed him should not have been crossing these natural circumstances. And yet God said, part for him. Make a way where there is no way. (laughs) Deliver my people into a place that they have no business on their own might, strength, or intellect getting to the other side. And yet God says, you're going to depend on me? You're going to trust in me? Watch while the waters listen. Hey, waters, you stop here and you go north. You stop here and you go south. And Moses like, it does that? It goes, watch it. Literally, Joshua told his priest, tomorrow we're going across this sea. They're like, I bet they were like, yeah, right. And he said, you take the covenant of God. You take the, you take the ark of God, and I want you to put your foot into the water. And I want you to watch that as you put your foot into the water. That's what the priests did too. They had to put their hands down. In fact, they used their servants to put their hands. Let me get down before I hurt myself. <laughs> you see the faith that like, this ain't going to work. But he said so in the providence of God. I'm going to put him for a promotion. I'm going to trust God to move in courage. I'm going to pray for healing. I'm going to trust God in what he's telling me to do next. I'm going to just go ahead and step out onto the waters. And the Bible says that when the priest carried God's presence into the water, the water just split apart. Speaks to the providence of God. Will we, like seas, trust God when he speaks to move and go? He says, hey, Red Sea, get out the way. What if he says, hey, believer in God, get out the way. I can't get out the way. I can't trust you. They're not listening to you. My family's getting crazy. My son's getting prodigal. And he says, Just get out the way for a moment. Let me make a way where there is no way. No, you need my help. You need me to put my hands in it. You need me to do things. You need me to create my own promotion. And God's sometimes just saying, when I say go, go. When I say move, move. You don't always have to have your rationale mind make sense of it all. Water just goes, okay, what are we doing today? we're about to split a sea for Moses and we're going to take all the enemies out at the same time. Cool, let's do it, (laughs) right? I I wish I could have the properties of water, but it seems just a little bit harder for me. Anybody else? Number four, rain obeys at his commands. Rain obeys at his commands. This speaks to Uh, provision. God will provide. We sang a song, Jairo, which means he will provide. Uh, He speaks all the time on how he'll provide and, and, and the rain will come on the just and the unjust. The Bible says that, um, that God actually withheld rain in Elijah's time because God's people were not obedient to him. And so he just said, you're not going to go my way. All right, no more rain for two years. 
It makes sense after two weeks we start uh, uh, throwing that up to chance, right? Wow, we're due for a good rain anytime soon. <laughs> two months go by and they're like, geez, any day you can bet on it. <laughs> God's like, how long is it going to take for you to understand water obeys me? How long is it going to take for you to obey me? We can wait. We can wait. It was because of their stubbornness they had to wait so long for provision, not because of God's lack of goodness. And sometimes we have to examine our own hard heart that I am being stubborn in relational ways. I am being stubborn in spiritual ways. I am being stubborn in my slumber or in my laziness. I'm being stubborn with my own pride. And I need God's reign to soften my heart. The Bible says in the book of Joel, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain. This spoke to, as the harvest cycles went, there is one great rain downpour before the farmer said, the fields are ripe. The fields are perfect for going out there and planting seed. This begins the season. And God also sends the latter rain where the harvester says, one more good rain. One more good rain to take that 90% crop and mature it to 100%. God says, I provide the former and the latter rain. I'll take care of your harvest if you just walk in obedience with me. God's people learn to walk in obedience. They called him Jaira, the Lord will provide. You are enough. I will be content in every circumstance because you are Jaira. You are enough. It's enough. I don't have anything else, but I got you. That's enough. That is enough. Number five, the oceans obey his boundaries. This is a message on authority. I love the book of Job. God throws down for a little while. Sometimes we get humans get a little bit chesty, starting to think that we understand God. I've got you figured out. God says, okay. He goes on a rant. He says, where were you when, he, when I created things? And he goes on this great rant. You should really check it out. In the middle, he says in Job 38, he says, who shut up the seas behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb? I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. He defined the ocean's boundaries and the ocean listened. Do we? So oftentimes we let culture define our boundaries and we tell God, I'll go as far as I want to. And God says, how far, who were you, when I told the oceans, your proud waves, they stop here. When we go out to Asadi today, notice that there is a safe place you can stand because God has said, this is where you stop. You could build houses this far because this is where the waves stop. And so oftentimes in sexuality, in immorality, in ethics, in work ethics, in anger, in hate, in judgment, in gossip, we don't listen to God's boundaries, do we? We tell God, I'll go as far as I want to go. And then we, also, we always have that sinking feeling afterward like, I had no business taking it that far. God forgive me. 
If we could be like the waves that say, if you say stop here, so will I. Come on, so will I. i got to live under the authority of God. What would this world look like if we all followed God's commands? Oh, wait, that's actually in our Bible. It's Genesis chapter 1. It's called Eden. When, when no one had disobeyed his commands yet, and there was unity, and there was pleasure, and there was um, just, just better than any utopia you've seen in any movie. And the problem is it doesn't last long. Why? Because man always has and always will have a problem with obedience and authority. And the sooner we sort that out with God, the better this life and the next life will be. I need to say that again. Man always has and always will, myself included, had a problem with authority and obedience. And the sooner we figure that out with God, the better this life and the next life will be. You could bank on it because you were created in the image of God and God is the one who was there when you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows you better than he knows, uh, better than you know yourself. And when we follow his authority, you are living the best life you possibly could live. We try to say, oh, no, I figured out the best life for me if I do this, that, and the other. And God's saying, were you there when I formed you? Well, you were. You just, <laughs> I was there. I made you. I formed you. I know you. And we'll, the day will be glorious when you say, I know it very well. So what do I want you to do with this message? I'm going to close with three things that you can practically do with this message. Number one, obey God through baptism today. God has spiritual steps that you can take to draw closer and closer to him. One of the things that um, symbolized a change in lifestyle was a believer saying, I choose to be baptized. Jesus himself modeled it. Jesus taught it. And Jesus' disciples who learned everything from him taught it as well. It is a natural step. We make a decision that oftentimes is intangible and internal first. We say, God... I haven't been living right, and I want to live for you today. I believe many people online and in person are going to make that decision today. And when you make that decision, there is a next step, and that is you should be baptized. In order, in order to tell the world, I'm going public with the message of what happened privately in my heart. I want you to see that on the inside, water washed over my soul. All my dirt and filthy stains have been washed away because of the goodness of God. And I emerge out of the water a clean, brand new person starting over. Because of what Jesus has done for me, I too am a brand new person starting afresh. Look at my God. Look at the glory of God. That's what baptism does. And we got 10 people who are doing that today. I think about how the waters parted in the Torah. God's people were enslaved to the Egyptians. And God busted them out. And they got themselves in a jam where they couldn't figure out how they were going to run away from the Egyptians that were coming close to them again. And, by, and the Bible says that Moses, by the authority of God, spoke to the waters and it listened and it parted. Now, 
as God's people went through, the Egyptians pursued, and God then told the waters, go back to normal. Crash in on these, chasing after them. All the darkness chasing after them, take it out now. And I want you to understand that for the Egyptian, the water overwhelms and it ends in death. But for the Christian, the water overwhelms and it ends in new life. Nothing is pursuing me anymore. My guilt and shame has been washed away. All of my attackers are no longer chasing after me because of the goodness of God. Number two, read one portion of the Bible each day and obey it. This whole message is about how the water obeys. I want you to read a portion of the Bible every day and obey it. Some people get overwhelmed by, I can't read a lot or I can't focus a lot. Let me give you some good news. Just take small portions of it. There are parts in the New Testament where Paul got really punchy with, with he got straight to the point with strong statements. Let me give you one plan that you could do for the next 17 days. Romans 12, Romans 12, put that up on the screen, verses 9 through 21. Look at this. You're like, oh, that's overwhelming. Actually, it's not. It's scripture, verses 9 through 21, that I just broke up into bite-sized sentences that you can say, today, I will do this one and this one all day long. I don't care if you read a whole chapter of the Bible that day. If you just say day one, Romans 12 verse 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Pray a simple prayer. God, help me love people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go out and live with this scripture on your mind the rest of the day. And when you're about to go off on somebody, obey the authority of God's word. I'm going to love you today because it's day one, and this is what I'm chewing on today. All right, I made it. Day two, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. God, everything that you hate today, help me to also hate. There's some things that you hate that I kind of like. <laughs> I kind of look forward to it. Help me hate today what you hate today. Help me call what you call good, good. Go out and live that focus out today. Come on, just obey his word one phrase at a time. And as you do that, you could go on to verse 18 when you're done with that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22 is another portion of scripture where it's just one-liners. Dang, if I focus my whole day on this, I'd be moving a little bit closer to God. You can also do it with the book of James, section by section. And now you're going somewhere with it. And finally, number three, three things I want you to do. Obey God in baptism. Read your Bible, some portion of it every day and obey it. And then number three, sing the song, So Will I, three times this week. There's many versions of it. It was originally written by Hillsong. Sing the words, so will I three times this week. Why? Because so will I is a song that speaks to the lordship of God. If he's over all this, and if nature creates, if nature cries out your goodness, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. If all of creation obeys you, so will I. I'm going to remind my soul that I've given my life to the authority of Christ. And so if they will do it, so will I. Come on, let's sing it out right now. If creation still obeys you, so will I. Just make a declaration in your soul.
cries out in worship and obeys you then so will I too I'm going to do it again today do it three times this week put it on repeat put it on repeat and just hear it again and again three simple things you can do happy beach day to you come on if the oceans roar your greatness so will I if creation still obeys you so will I come on let's pray God I thank you that your water actually speaks a message that can inform us. <laughs> Father, you said you use the simple things to confound the wise. For anyone who's taken this too rationally and said, you know, water obeys because it doesn't have a mind. Father, I thank you that faith is using the simple things to speak to our life. Help us understand provision comes from you. You are for us and you will providentially be with us, God. Help us understand that authority. We are in safe hands when we just obey you. Help us unite to let Jesus walk on the stage of our lives. We trust you, God. Help us obey you. In the areas we don't so much want to obey you because Certain areas are more difficult than others in every one of our lives. Help us surrender our rights and choose to be followers of you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Come on, I feel like the Holy Spirit is impressing on some people's hearts right now. And he's saying, come on, this area, this area, this area right now. Let him speak to your soul. Specifics. In this area, trust me. Thank you, Lord. Speak clearly to your people. Let's not get wrestled. Let's not be in a hurry. Just let the Holy Spirit speak. In this area, trust me. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on. Marriage is going to be restored. Health is going to be healed. God's people are going to be provided for. He's going to give you this day your daily bread. If we just learn to obey, trust Him in Jesus' name. I pray you would receive it. Let us receive it. Let us remember it in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed before we finish today, if you're in this place, you're like, Pastor Drew, something about this feels right. It feels so good. The, 
what I'm feeling right now and yet there's this tension on the inside of me because it's like a wrestle match going on on the inside. I remember the day that I was sitting in a church like this where I heard the goodness of God and that He wanted to be close to me and just like those waves were parted and took out every attacker that chased after God's people, God too wants to take out every sin that chases after you and causes you shame and guilt. And I remember thinking, could it be this good? Am I ready? Could I be obedient? I don't know. I just know that I feel like God's touching me right now. If you're in this place and you're like, Pastor Drew, something's happening and I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to chase after him. I want to try this new start. Pray for me, Pastor Drew. I want, I want to give my life to him. Come on, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to call you out and I'm not going to call you forward. But if you'll just say boldly, Pastor Drew, that's me. Raise your hand up high up into the sky just for a moment. And you say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're online, just put it in the chat. Pastor Drew, include me in that prayer. Just write, include me. I see hands. I know people are making decisions. The church is with you. God is for you. Let's pray together as a church people, especially those who raise their hand. Let's pray out loud. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I need you. I need you to wash away my sin. I want to give my life to you. I want to live for you. I've, done, I, I've not done this before. Or the last time I tried it didn't go well. So I need you to become Lord of my life. I surrender. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross so I could be brand new. I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen.